Chapter Nineteen of Peter Simple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. Peter Simple by Frederick Marriott. Chapter Nineteen. We remove to very unpleasant quarters. Birds of a feather won't always flock together. O'Brien cuts a cutter midshipman and gets a taste of French steel altogether flat work as soon as i was well enough to attend to my little nurse we became very intimate as might be expected in five weeks i was out of bed and could limp about the room before two months were over i was quite recovered the colonel however would not report me to the governor i remained on a sofa during the day but at dusk i stole out of the house and walked about with celeste i never passed such a happy time as the last fortnight the only drawback was a remembrance that I should soon have to exchange it for a prison. I was more easy about my father and mother, as O'Brien had written to them assuring them that I was doing well. And besides, a few days after our capture, the frigate had run in and sent a flag of truce to inquire if we were alive or made prisoners. At the same time, Captain Savage sent on shore all our clothes and two hundred dollars in cash for our use. I knew that even if O'Brien's letter did not reach them, they were sure to hear from Captain Savage that I was doing well. At the end of twelve weeks, the surgeon could no longer withhold his report, and we were ordered to be ready in two days to march to Toulon, where we were to join another party of prisoners to proceed with them into the interior. I must pass over our parting, which the reader may imagine was very painful. I promised to write to Celeste, and she promised that she would answer my letters if it were permitted. We shook hands with Colonel O'Brien, thanking him for his kindness, and much to his regret we were taken in charge by two French cuirassiers who were waiting at the door. As we preferred being continued on parole until our arrival at Toulon, the soldiers were not at all particular about watching us, and we set off on horseback, O'Brien and I going first, and the French cuirassiers following us in the rear. The evening of the second day we arrived in Toulon and as soon as we entered the gates we were delivered into the custody of an officer with a very sinister cast of countenance who after some conversation with the cuirassiers told us in a surly tone that our parole was at an end and gave us in charge of a corporal's guard with directions to conduct us to the prison near the arsenal we presented the cuirassiers with four dollars each for their civility and were then hurried away to our place of captivity i observed to o'brien that i was afraid that we must now bid farewell to anything like pleasure. "'You're right there, Peter,' replied he, "'but there's a certain jewel called Hope that somebody found at the bottom of his chest when it was clean empty, and so we must not lose sight of it, but try and escape as soon as we can. But the less we talk about it, the better.' In a few minutes we arrived at our destination. The door was opened. Ourselves and our bundles, for we had only selected a few things for our march, the colonel promising to forward the remainder as soon as we wrote to inform him to which depot we were consigned were rudely shoved in and as the doors again closed the heavy bolts were shot i felt a creeping chill sensation pass through my whole body as soon as we could see for although the prison was not very dark yet so suddenly thrown in after the glare of a bright sunshiny day at first we could distinguish nothing we found ourselves in company with about thirty english sailors one man who was playing at cards looked up for a moment as we came in and cried out hurrah my lads the more the merrier as if he really were pleased to find that there were others who were as unfortunate as himself we stood looking at the groups for about ten minutes when o'brien observed that 
we might as well come to an anchor foul ground being better than no bottom so we sat down in a corner upon our bundles where we remained for more than an hour surveying the scene without speaking a word to each other i could not speak i felt so very miserable we had been in the prison for about two hours when a lad in a very greasy ragged jacket with a pale emaciated face came up to us and said i perceive by your uniforms that you are both officers as well as myself o'brien stared at him for a little while and then answered upon my soul and honour then you have the advantage of us for it's more than i could perceive in you but i'll take your word for it pray what ship may have had the misfortune of losing such a credit to the service why i belong to the snapper cutter replied the young lad i was taken in a pre which the commanding officer had given in my charge to take to gibraltar but they won't believe that i'm an officer i have applied for officers allowance and rations and they won't give them to me well but they know that we are officers replied o'brien why do they shove us in here with the common seamen i suppose you are only put in here for the present replied the cutter's midshipman but why i cannot tell nor could we until afterwards when we found out as our narrative will show that the officer who received us from the cuirassiers had once quarrelled with colonel o'brien who first pulled his nose and afterwards ran him through the body being told by the cuirassiers that we were much esteemed by colonel o'brien he resolved to annoy us as much as he could and when he sent up the document announcing our arrival he left out the word officers and put us in confinement with the common seamen fortunately we were not destined to remain long in this detestable hole after a night of misery during which we remained sitting on our bundles and sleeping how we could leaning with our backs against the damp wall we were roused at daybreak by the unbarring of the prison doors followed up with an order to go into the prison yard we were huddled out like a flock of sheep by a file of soldiers with loaded muskets and as we went into the yard were ranged two and two the same officer who ordered us into prison commanded the detachment of soldiers who had us in charge o'brien stepped out of the ranks and addressing them stated that we are officers and had no right to be treated like common sailors the french officer replied that he had better information that we wore coats which did not belong to us upon which o'brien was in a great rage calling the officer a liar and demanded satisfaction for the insult appealing to the french soldiers and stating that colonel o'brien who was at set was his countryman and had received him for two months into his house upon parole which was quite sufficient to establish his being an officer the french soldiers appeared to side with o'brien after they had heard this explanation stating that no common english sailor could speak such good french and that they were present when we were sent in on parole and they asked the officer whether he intended to give satisfaction the officer stormed and drawing his sword out of the scabbard struck o'brien with the flat of the blade looking at him with contempt and ordering him into the ranks i could not help observing that during this scene the men of war sailors who were among the prisoners were very indignant while on the contrary those captured in merchant vessels appeared to be pleased with the insult offered to o'brien one of the french soldiers then made a sarcastic remark that the french officer did not much like the name of o'brien this so enraged the officer that he flew at o'brien pushed him back into the ranks and taking out a pistol threatened to shoot him through the head i must do the justice to the french soldiers that they all called out shame when o'brien returned to the ranks he looked defiance at the officer telling him that he would pocket the affront very carefully as he intended to bring it out again upon a future and more suitable occasion 
we were then marched out in ranks two and two being met in the street by two drummers and a crowd of people who had gathered to witness our departure the drums beat and away we went the officer who had charge of us mounted a small horse galloping up and down from one end of the ranks to the other with his sword drawn bullying swearing and striking with the flat of the blade at any one of the prisoners who was not in his proper place when we were close to the gates we were joined by another detachment of prisoners we were then ordered to halt and were informed through an interpreter that any one attempting to escape would immediately be shot after which information we once more proceeded on our route End of chapter 19